Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and this is our last episode of 2019. Today, you'll be listening to a conversation with Anna from Designer Pro. A hot topic lately has been what's going on with education in our industry. So we talk about this and also American versus Russian volume. She also has over 40,000 followers on Instagram, so she does give a little bit of marketing advice. And of course, it wouldn't be a Lash Boss radio episode if we didn't hear about her favorite failure. If you are listening today, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and designer.pro on Instagram and let us know. And without further ado, here is Anna. So before we jump into all these juicy topics today, um, can you just talk about your background and kind of how you got started in the industry? Yes, absolutely. So I have, as everyone I think have a story. Yes, I do have one too. Um, (laughs) My background is design. So I was studying Russia for a designer. So it's supposed to be like interior, exterior. Um, it was a little bit of a graphic. Um, mm. So that's my background. I moved to US. I didn't plan to stay at all. <laughs> I actually fell in love when I was 21 and stay in US um, in a little town, Tennessee. I didn't do lashes there. <laughs> um, but when I moved to New York um, six years ago, I went to um, aesthetic school. And um, I was thinking about like, what, what else can I do? Um, because facial didn't like completely make me happy. It's a long process and I'm a person who wants to see a result right away. It's hard in the business because actually it doesn't grow this way. But <laughs> um, I want to do something else when I be able to show the people result. And I've been doing my lashes. I have my lashes done for about 13 years now. I mm-hmm. started when I was 17. It was already popular in Russia. You know, uh, it was, it's changed my perspective of myself. Mm-hmm. If you can say this way, I am red hair, have blonde lashes. I always hated my eyes and I thought I'm not beautiful at all. And then when I had my first lash extensions done, which was like 20 long ones, and big, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'm like, whoa. I can look this way so it's totally changed my you know perspective of seeing myself in the mirror and I start loving myself more and more just because of the lashes extensions um so but back then in Russia you know hard um parenting it's like something like that it's not even a thing Mm -hmm. so you have to finish uh, you have to finish the degree you have to do that you know it's like your life is pretty much one, two, three step. Like you have to finish the education, you have to have apartment. So this was not in the, even on the list. Like I didn't think about that at all. But when I moved to New York, you know, I had that opportunity. So I went to, um, after I finished my um, aesthetic school, I went to a lash class. I took the lash class in New York, which is back then it was a little harder because social media wasn't existing. You know, it was hard to find a good educators. And right after aesthetic school, you know, like I was pretty much broke. So I just took whatever classes it is. And I did start doing lashes, like just taking um, friends, um, practicing, like, you know, then when I feel a little bit more comfortable, I started to do lashes. And mm-hmm. that's how my career pretty much started. I actually proud right now that I never worked for a salon. 
um, because I tried and they told me I too sl I'm too slow to be working in a salon, like two hours set, it's too slow. Mm -hmm. Because back in the days, um, as you know, lash education wasn't um, as good as right now. Uh, they want you to work for like an hour for a full set. Right. Like most of the salon required you. Um, and, you know, when I was struggling to find a new job, um, they pretty much, a lot of salon just told me, no, we cannot take you, you're too slow. So I was just started building up my clientele by like separate from my aesthetic career. So I did work in aesthetic and I did the lashes separate. And then, um, you know, I start to take education and next education and i traveled to russia for the most of my education like for the classes and you know every time when you take a new education like a class and stuff you just get better you just right. automatically get better and that's how like you know like then social media start and then the client just saw the difference and they just start coming mm -hmm. and then uh, right now i opened a salon in uh, new york um right where is the Times Square is. And oh, wow. I'm a solo lash artist right now. Um, like we're hosting a lot of classes, you know, from other lash artists. But um, as more as I go in education, definitely start to host less <laughs> yeah. lash, like, lash artists and just do my own idea. So having taken so many classes and being an educator yourself, um, how are you feeling like education is right now in our industry? Do you feel like it's um, advancing or do you feel like it's getting oversaturated still and we still see a lot of poor quality trainers? Like, how do you view it? Um, I think it's a tricky question. Um, and I think it is developing and in the same time, it's going down, yeah. if I can say so. Like, it is some good quality lash artists who's trying to do the best for the industry and um you know maybe not speaking up as much um and also a lot of newbies who took like few classes and been working in the industry for the year already educating yeah i remember myself in a year even in the th three years later um after taking like five classes from Russians who's like doing the Russian volume I was not feeling good enough to give my knowledge because I didn't feel like an um, answer to any questions like if my student will ask me something if I don't know it I feel I'm not having the rights to educate mm -hmm. um, this is just my personal opinion you know it's just something what I have I don't know maybe from my perfectionism which is also not good sometimes but mm -hmm. This is just things like if you're educating, if you're giving the knowledge and taking, you know, money for that, like it have to be worth it. It have to be worth it so much that your student left you, and when he taking the next class, you know everything but just one little thing. Yeah, you know, like he going somewhere. It's not like oh my gosh, that's like half of this class. It's a brand new information for me. It's like ah. Oh, I didn't know all of this information, but I need to take this class just for particular this little thing. It helped me with that. You know, like that's how my classes was. Like after I take like one in like back, like, you know, in Russia, then the next time when I go, I pretty much knew most of the information, but they correct my hand posture. 
what wasn't correct for like you know like a long time and now it's like oh my gosh just for that it was worth the trip right exactly i think in general like it shouldn't just be these are the links that are available and these are diameters and here's how to place a lash like knowing what a student is doing wrong knowing about hand placement, stuff like that, or even just having done lashes for more than six months or a year or two years even, the more experience you have as a trainer, you're kind of equipping all of your students with the best um, information just because you've seen by trial and error just all of the mistakes you've made and you can explain those in a way and that's a skill too like explaining how to prevent things from happening or explaining how to position your lashes position your hands the correct way a lot of that like putting it into words I think Ilona said this on like a couple episodes ago like that is a completely different skill too you can be a great artist but not great educator as well. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I also love to give my students like a couple of options. I don't think the lashes, it's only one way or, you know, no other way. Right. It's a lot of placement. It's a lot of way to dip the glue, (laughs) like correctly, but still like, you know, it's a lot of ways to um, have a direction and mapping and, and it's, it's a couple of options what you can do. I don't want to just give like a one way because then before, you know, when I take like one class before I took any others, for example, I thought it's only this way. And if I do something opposite, it's like correctly wrong. And I blame myself for it for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's actually the art. I think it's like a keys to it. Like this is what you shouldn't do ever. Mm-hmm. and then the rest it's still like you can create your own personal style you know like perfect line was created one day before and then now everybody love it but then like industry changing right now and some people you know lash artists love the perfect line but the clients actually like a little bit of a texture yeah so it's kind of like a wavy right now and then clients will go for you whatever like you choose to do I, again, I'm for like a good texture, not like what sometimes we see yeah. in some of the work where it's like it's incorrect completely and the fans are not symmetrical, but they just call it texture because of how else are you going to call it? Oh God, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. Um, I see that too where I'm just like, I mean, I guess you know how to sell yourself, but... Yeah, I, I'm totally for that too. As soon as it's inside, it's correct. Like if it's no stickiness, you know, <laughs> no like um, stuff which shouldn't be there because on the pictures, you, you really, um, you cannot say. Sometimes you obviously can say, but sometimes it's not like yeah. the, exactly how it's inside. And, and I think going back to that, like even just saying this is a wispy set, it still needs to be done strategically and intentionally and just messiness or lack of care is going to create, yes, more texture or maybe even more pieciness and wispiness, but it shouldn't be by chance and just because you're being uh, almost like messier. Yeah. And I want to ask you about, since you have taken a lot of courses um, in Russia, I think that there's a really hot topic right now of, you know, what is the difference between American and Russian volume? Is there a difference? And um, so can you give us any insight on that? Yes. I maybe even do like a two different topics right now. Um, I know a lot of education um, in U.S. right now based in Bordeaux Technique. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a girl from the Kazakhstan, you know. Um, really? None of the Russian um, lash artists crystallizing. 
Okay. This is not a thing. I never took the class when somebody teach me to crystallize the fan. Okay. Um, lash industry in Russia right now, uh, towarding more to the um, natural sets, you know, a lot of short lashes, like 11 stands, um, like shorter, um, yeah. more natural, almost like... I mean, again, it, it is a room for like volume, volume, but nobody do. Um, I'm definitely going to tell you nobody use point point threes, and do okay. the mega volume. Like nobody. <laughs> if you want to have a full volume, you will use point point seven um, six seven Ds covering every single lash, um, right direction, thicker base. Like you know, like when you pick it up, it's not the um, five like lashes or six lashes creating a circle. It's more of like a flatter base that's what will give you the darkness in the lash line um if you want to create that effect but nobody really use like 20 d's by point point threes yeah it's just kind of doesn't make sense because you put the same weight you're not creating the symmetrical um fan that's why it looks messy and that's yeah. the reason why i use it here that's the thing what i'm definitely going to tell you that's the um, so number one, I think what I see. And um, like you will, in Russia, mm -hmm. they don't call it Russian volume. They just call it volume. I do use it in like when I speak into the lush artists, but I don't use it in my salon services. It just, right. I, I just have like a 2D, 3D, 4, 5, 6, 7, and mega volume. Like so, my, my mega volume is like 7, 8. So I, I have two questions. So one how do you explain, like, when you're teaching someone and say whoever's listening right now is confused, like, am I doing Russian volume? Am I doing American volume? Can you explain, is, is there kind of like a clear definition of like what is what? And then secondly, if you have a client that's requesting Russian volume or American volume or mega volume, how do you handle situations like that? How would you sell volume in your own salon? Okay, so good question. <laughs> I love it. Um, the reason why it's called Russian volume because it just come from Russia. Okay. I don't know if, yeah, the the history of the Russian volume, and again, it's very like you don't really know where it's come from. But um, when I was googling on like online and asked a couple of people around, it's been uh, one of the lash artists when the point point seven come up, they just did the regular classic application and the client was not happy with that obviously when you use like 0.12s or 15s you know going to 0.7 classic clashes it's like what the f yeah. going on <laughs> like it's not even there's something going on in my <laughs> on my um um lash line yeah. so they just add one more lash into it mm -hmm. you know on every single one so it's create color kind of like a volume and we will call it right now 2D, right? But that's what it's kind of a start, where it start off. And then this technique what you use, you know, like just adding one more. That's actually how I start in the beginning too, like because there was not, no information, nothing about the volume. We just know it's existing and then we just add like one more lash and like or three more lashes into it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know um so then the girl in russia her name is serena Levchuk. she started using it on the strip like she was creating the fan on the strip mm -hmm. um you know like 
like that's where the symmetry and everything come that's her technique and that's the way they call it russian volume because it was just originated here it wasn't like a mega volumes like you know because yes. they was just trying out like right first like 2d then 3d then you know 4d and then they just start to see like you can do more and then the sign like you know all the background come from the how much weight you can put and stuff like that i think she was she came to either canada or u.s back into like 2011 i want to say i don't want to lie with the dates you know but that's how like that's like then it's just get originated into u.s and then people just start to kind of you know use that technique so so American volume then what do you have to say about that I know that came around I think there was a company that kind of like coined that term um they were just obviously doing volume but do you feel like people who because we both know that this is just volume in general yeah both you know whether you're using different diameters and um links or whatever but I think the characteristics like between artists that we're seeing because by definition it may it may not even be there but it's kind of like the understanding that you know russian volume is more uh cleaner and had and usually is using like 0.07 and usually below like 12 millimeter but that's not saying that anything it, it's it's just still you're still just doing volume even if you're using like yeah <laughs> or whatever it is but um do you i guess for the listeners, what would you say is American volume? And do you think we should just toss these terms out? I think it's just the volume. Yeah. I personally think it's just the volume. The originated state, like, you know, the country of origin, it was Russia. It's the same if we all going to say um, the classic is by the, you know, by the definition of the country where it was originated. Yeah, that's kind that's of true. like what yeah, it yeah. sounds to me <laughs> you know um, um it was like a, a created in russia and then it just started all over the place and it's just a pretty much volume and then when i start the learning you know volume back in the days we still use 14s mm-hmm. and it was such a thing because uh, people love long length and then the trend just switch right now right so um more lash more, like because it's also to be honest it's easy to use short lashes for the volume. It's so much easier to use shorter lashes for the volume and it's look much looks more better. dense. Yeah. It's look density, like it's look more dense and it's just like, it's much easier for you as a lash artist to use like 7D in like tens, like tens millimeters and like 7D in 14 millimeters. It just takes so much longer to create a perfect symmetrical fan on 14 millimeters and 15 millimeters. Like that's just, so- you have to charge extra for it. Like, so you're, you're seeing a a client that comes from a different state and maybe they've been getting lashes for a few years and they come to you saying I want to get mega volume or Russian volume or requesting things like this. How do you handle that? Um, I actually did in my salon. I put Russian volume, which is mean five six D lashes for me. You know because um, mm-hmm. I don't. Because, I mean it, it is trendy. Let's talk about marketing, yeah. right? It is trend. Um, so for the clients who just um, Instagram clients who just <laughs> looking into the trends, um, that's will be like something that I catching. 
And my clients usually don't really ask. But when they come in, they totally trust me. And they kind of say, just please do whatever. Yeah. We'll look good with my eyes. And they, you just, like, I never kind of separated it. Um, even when we have a consultation, I, I just asking them a lot of questions about like, what do they really want from this appointment yeah. today? Because they come to you uh, as, as you're the expert and you'll do the best for them. So uh, like during the consultation, I'm just like asking, you know, and uh, the most important way I understand throughout my, throughout my career, it's just really show them the pictures. I'm like, yes. does this look natural to you? And they like, oh, it's too natural for me. And I'm like, this is like freaking uh, 4 or 5D. And it looks already to me like a little bit more dramatic sad. But they like, no, 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 this is too natural. So you know you have yes. to go more with them. You know, so that's the only thing. Like when I have a couple of mistakes by doing natural according to what I thought it's natural. I, I never done it again. So it's like I'm just creating um they sign up for something but then we always we always have a consultation before we start i'm not just starting russian volume just because they sign up for it right um what if they want just more naturals than this and they will be not happy when they right know. and um i think you mentioned this about pictures they'll come to you via instagram sometimes by seeing your work and almost just kind of like entrust you to do a good job for them and they almost want your expert opinion of like what do you think would look good on my eyes and um i think i'm attracted to hairstylists and i yes uh <laughs> that kind of just they they have a variety of different clients on their page and they everyone kind of looks different, but they almost go into detail about like how they catered, you know, that work of art to that client. And that's what I'm attracted to. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want, I want that. Then I want them to look at me and say, this is what I would do on you. And, um, I think the clients that kind of come in requesting sizes and curls from, you know, previous times they've had their lashes done. I don't even know why you're talking about what curl and length you're using on your clients and sending your clients away with that knowledge because half the time people are requesting those things, they can't even handle that. Like, I don't know. It's just like a trend that I see with like bad work. Those clients always know what sizes they have, you know? Yes. Um, I will tell you even like, you know, it's, it's a worry thin line i think you have to know psychology of a client too yeah. sometimes you can suggest and the client will be happy with your suggestion when they come in from other salon and they'll take it and they will be like love you forever but sometimes it's also the clients who just see them this way for the rest of the light life and they don't want any changes yeah like, um i've been having a couple of clients who i'm not struggling with but like they don't take my opinion. <laughs> like they want this way and only this way. And I still love this client, you know, but again, um, I know a lot of, um, lash artists talking right now, like you do what you love. Um, you know, totally for that. If it's their philosophy, but also, um, we are in a service business yeah. and we have to make clients happy. If yeah. they're happy with what they are, this is how they look in the mirror and they wake up in the morning and just happy, happy. 
um, you know, I did have like, I have a perfect example. I have a Asian eye girl, you know, um, always did, um, like C girl. And I'm like, let's do L plus it's created for the opening your eyes and it's just amazing for Asian, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, what's in every class, um, they may tell you that too, you know, because it's been creating the straighter lashes with low down. So actually when they open up the eyes, it's going to look like a kind of a little bit more than the C, you know? Yeah. She hated it. I loved it. I personally will always do that for her. Like I even posted in my Instagram, but she hated it. She come back to me and asked me to remove it in a couple of days and did the same that we did before. And wow. it's tall. I mean, it's her, you know, it is her, her eyes, vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is her eyes. And she has to be happy with that. That's and true. It's the yeah. same, you know, like if I see myself the one way, like I'm a red hair and never plan to change it. And if some like artist or like, I don't know, hairdresser told me yes. to, to change it to black, gonna look right. awesome i'm gonna hate myself for the rest of the life <laughs> maybe as other people will love it too True. but it will be not me yes so i think in terms of <laughs> lash health though when clients are requesting things that are just blatantly not safe for them it's okay to break the rules a little bit and chances are um i say this in my classes a lot when whenever there's a artist that is clearly applying lashes incorrectly maybe they're using too much adhesive or sticking lashes together or using lengths and thicknesses that are not healthy for that client a lot of times that client is also like poorly trained but also using poor quality lashes and products in general and a lot of times those lashes tend to go more flat so I don't know if you've ever noticed like you know whenever you have to have a client that came from somewhere else and you end up removing the work um, those lashes seem to be really long and like really flat too Um, well what we're using is better quality lashes so we can go a little shorter still give them overall the same kind of like effect with shorter lashes because they're perkier almost. And I kind of use that to my advantage just without bashing the artist or the salon. I try to educate as much as I can. If the client's still adamant about what they want, then I do break the rules for clients too, because I feel the same, like they are paying for it. And at the end of the day, it's their vision. But whenever we do get requests, it's almost always like, oh, I definitely wouldn't go for that but yeah (laughs) um yeah it doesn't happen as often and I don't know if you noticed that I noticed that on myself personally um I used to love 14s like three years ago like 14 millimeters on myself on myself you know like I used to love a cat eye with the 14 millimeters you know that was my look yeah I don't like 14 millimeters anymore. I hated it, like, literally. Like, I don't <laughs> even imagine myself with that anymore. And I do like 11s. But I like it more, like, of a volume, like, 5D. Like, it gives the, like, you know, drama, give a little darkness, but it doesn't give, like, a drama drama. Like, you don't look like a drama queen. And um, uh, as my perspective changed and as my, um, like, taste changed, my clients changed too. Like, mm, yeah. Um, they kind of like was like still want to go longer, but then, you know, you talk through the treatments with them and tell them like how good, like they first of all seeing it on you. Then they like it on you. Yeah. Then they like, 
maybe I should go shorter. And when they go shorter, they see like actually, oh, it's you can wear it for longer. They don't look like as gross when the two weeks has like, you know, as before. And I absolutely love it. And and maybe it's a few exceptions, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe like I feel like when the energy change in you, your environment change around, and the same happening with the client, they slowly get into the, or oh, I want to go shorter, or I want to go like you know, like that. That's how like I feel like right now. It's like I change, like my clients change with me. It's not that they different clients; it's the same clients, but they just. Yeah, I can see like that. going with your kind of taste. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a question I always ask every guest is about their favorite failure. Um, throughout your whole career, do you have a time that you felt like you failed, but in actuality you didn't? You know, um, I thought about that question for so long because I know you always ask that. Um, and I do have, I don't know if I can say failure. My brain, I kind of went into myself, like investigation, who I am and what's going on, you know, like in general with me for the past year. Um, and I'm looking at my brain, it doesn't work this way. I don't never see it as a failure mm-hmm. uh, since I'm a child. Um, I always see it as experience experience yeah you know so that's when I'm looking back it's like I don't know if I have any failures it's like my 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 life never was like easy nothing was given to me like you know like I moved to the freaking other country with no documents when I was 21 Mm -hmm. (laughs) with no English I will say even that like I didn't speak any English I thought like everybody aliens around me like what was they saying? But even this, I didn't think it's failure. Look at me where I am now. I pretty much can understand everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's good. Uh, but one thing, what I think is like make me stronger and like get me where I am right now. It's my first indi- first education in the Lush uh, class. Um, that's why I'm so like I'm so highly recommended to everybody take a private class with a good educator when you go into your first classic. Like mm-hmm. classic lashes, it's a basic, it's it's such a like if you know how to do that with the right direction and you concrete it, like you'll go you'll be good with volume. But if you don't do that, it will be struggling for you with the volume. I did my classic education like right right after the school as I mentioned before, and I did it with somebody who don't know how to do lashes. My class was one day. Um, we have a model. I applied 10 lashes on her. I didn't know nothing about mapping, um, nothing about products, and pretty much, like, you know, 10 lashes, it's nothing. We did it on the bed when I was standing. Like, I didn't see it. It was a standing bed. It was two girls and one model. And literally, when I left, I was like, what the hell going on what am I supposed to do like you know uh and um I will be honest I didn't spend for the education you know back in the days it was um literally not as many classes and one of the class was um extreme and mm-hmm. it was around like three thousand dollars 
back like six years ago. Um, and I was just finishing my, you know, we just moved to New York. Uh, I was uh, pretty much into the credit with my school after aesthetic. And I was just like, how hard it can be. Like lashes, it's just freaking lashes. Like it's, it's easy. Like I know a lot of students do have that. Um, <laughs> they do have that um, story in their head. Like, you know, it's easy. What can be hard about it? Um, so because my education was so poor and I think it's like my failure because I didn't, you know, invest in it. I did like not, did my research, you know, because I totally thought it's like so easy. Um, you know, um, that's the reason why I get so into like taking as much classes as you need it, taking as much, you know, and then I start educating only later because I was wanted to have all the, like, you know, I never want to be that type of teacher. Right. That, um, yeah, it's a huge lesson. It, it, it's something that I think a lot of us have done is taken a class without like doing too much education on the trainer, but teaches us for next time what to look for. Yes. Yes. And then it's a, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm completely, um, understand now, um, later in my you know six years later why education it's so expensive because you spend so much time developing your knowledge developing your curriculum and just like your personal practical experience what you gain with lashing every day for like three to five clients it's like seven days a week for like five years you know like mm-hmm. approximately like five to seven days like you know for this time that's a practice yeah that's the reason why the one-year educator cannot give you as much knowledge just because yep. you don't have a, this practice um it's also like i think i think it's not only like knowing to lash but i also think knowing the clients feel the clients feel the clients need and I think my clients never go back to anyone, not because of me doing an incredible job with flashes, but also because I'm, I'm care. Like it's a little bit more psychology too. Like I do care and I see like, you know, where I can talk like this or it's all come from experience. It doesn't come naturally. It's come from experience. And, um, even if we can talk about that in the classes, it's, it's great because it's something different. It's not, just how to do lashes, but it also will help you with your business. Right. So speaking of um, business, uh, as far as marketing goes, Instagram is a really popular way for artists to showcase their work. You have over 40,000 followers on Instagram. And um, I just wanted to know, do you have any advice or tips for artists in regards to Instagram marketing? Um, yes. I mean, um, Instagram being a little hard right now. I know everybody's struggling with the Instagram. Um, if I can give the one, um, like big advice, it's be more connected with the lash community. Um, mm-hmm. most of my Instagram followers are actually a lash community. Not a lot of them, my clients, some of my clients don't even know my Instagram because they come from referral and, uh, engagement on the it's like, okay, if you want to have a comment, 
you have to go and actually get connected with someone, <laughs> you know, uh, by just putting a hashtag right now, it's not really working. Um, you have over like a million or a thousand hashtags going every single second of Instagram, the same as yours. And pretty much somebody will see you by the hashtag. It's uh, may not going to work. Uh, you have to put either like incredible content, you know, like really like get into like um, photo and create a professional photo shoot. And even that doesn't mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but being connected with others, that's the really, um, you know, a big big thing like I even saw it on my like on my own Instagram like I wasn't so I was so disconnected like after a particular time because it was so overwhelming Instagram is the other second job yeah like no kidding (laughs) thinking about content what to post what not to post the hours hashtags the researching of hashtags and then all of the this stuff but being just more connecting right now on Instagram um, opened up for me not only like engagement, but also incredible friends and community. So do you, do you think that engaging with other artists is when you're trying to gain more clients, do you feel like that's effective at getting clients or do you just feel like that's building your like lash friend? This is a rebuilding the brand. Like if you want to attract more of the lash artist, that's definitely a hashtag by location. And a different variation of this location, like close-up areas, um, you know, researching of um, places, putting location on top of your posts, like maybe not just location of your studio, but maybe some big things in your city, you know, what people like searching in Instagram. It may help to bring you clients from, you know, others. Um, Going into bloggers um, of your city, and um, also, you know, like you can do communication with them and maybe do like lashes for them like mm-hmm. if you want to gain clients. But the only thing was the bloggers, I've done that before, doesn't really bring me the clients. You have to do your own research. It's not like you just see the blog, a blogger who's like having 100K uh, followers on Instagram. You have to know, you have to like go into the different programs and research the statistic of those bloggers and if her followers are really from your own city. Like, you, you know, because yeah. if your followers is from um, somewhere in India, it doesn't bring you any clients. Yeah, um, or if they're real followers. Some people buy their followers and reach out to brands. Yes, if they are real followers. If they are, like, you have to look in the bloggers' engagement too if they only have like a um, 100,000 likes, but then two comments, their followers doesn't really engage yeah without so um this is a little bit more than just found a good blog like just a blogger who have 100k and think they're gonna bring you um um clients i did it before bloggers reaching out to me like all the time but i just stopped um doing it uh, for many different reasons first of all i don't need more clients um, but the second of all <laughs> it's just sometimes doesn't really work unless they are really really pretty and you want to do it for a photo shoot go for it don't expect um, you know, have um, anybody come from them. And if somebody come, it's a good like plus to that. Um, but also for the social media, the pictures are so important. Uh, we underestimate how, like, this is psychology of the client. 
when they look at your Instagram, they kind of, the same as we're looking in the clothes. When we're looking in the clothes, we think how it's going to look on us. Yeah. Like that's the reason why we go to the different brands or makeup artists. You know, when they create amazing makeup, you're just like, oh my gosh, I want that uh, highlighter. It's just so glowy. Her skin is flawless and I'm just going to look exactly like that when I'm going to get it. You know, yeah. that's how the psychology of the buyer work. So your Instagram should be not just um, pictures from the top of the bed when client, like, you know, when client laying down, you just do the yes. picture on the top. This is not something we're going to bring. This is something for lash artists to appreciate. Yes. Like they can see how like your work look, they can know if you're layering, they can know if this like you have a correct changing of the sizes from one size to the other. But for the clients, this is not something appealing, you know? Yeah. Um, think about your own psychology when you want to go shopping. <laughs> um, they want a pretty juicy picture of the client with the, you know, lashes. So I will definitely suggest to invest into um, photo shoots. Yeah. They are so much fun. They are amazing. They bring your mood up to the top. You feel absolutely incredible if you have a good team, you know, and then it's also bring you um, the trust from the clients. Like, because they see this beautiful picture, they just want it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so last question, what is a quote that you live by or do you have any motto of any sort? Okay. Um, I have one quote that's been around in my mind for the past year. It's, it's simple enough. It's just do it. Just do it. Because I've been struggling a lot, you know, I've been in the industry for so long. I've been thinking about like, should I start educating? Should I not? Like, do I'm good enough with doing it or not? Do I have enough knowledge? Maybe should have taken us like freaking 10 class already, you know, <laughs> to be able better in it. But it's just do it. Nothing yeah. will come. Nobody will do it for you. Um, unless you have a good husband who want to work with you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like want to be in the same business together and then he helping you out. But again, it's just you there and you just have to um, shut out the brain when some voice in your head start talking about like, you cannot do it and then you're not good enough. It's a lot of thinking what we have. We have around like a hundred, I think like 60,000 thoughts in a day. So <laughs> Just don't listen to it, follow your intuition and just do it. Sometimes it's just taking the action. Yeah. Um, like don't do the same mistakes as I did. <laughs> They're not mistakes. It's just like, you know, it's not procrastination. It's just overthinking in your head when sometimes it's just taking the action and taking one step to text someone or to um, call someone or to start your class and just start putting the curriculum into your computer. All what you need to do is just actually take this computer and start. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening today. 
Any relevant links to this episode will actually be in the show notes. And if you would like to be featured on the very next episode of Lash Boss Radio, make sure to send in your questions in audio or written form to my email or to my Instagram DMs. Your question will be answered by either myself or the next guest on the show. I hope you guys have a great week and I will be back very soon with the next episode.